Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And we are reporting more on the pyramids that are perched atop our heads. We're wearing them right now, the Pyridine Pyramid. Yeah. yeah. Pyramid power, baby. <laughs> These pyramids, we keep learning more things yeah, that I mean, they can do. Yeah, just seconds before we turned on the microphones, you told me that there's something special about these pyramids and that they don't have to be aligned with magnetic north to work. That's right. And let me tell you why. Because all pyramids... Because <laughs> nothing has to be aligned with magnetic north to work. No, no. Hear me out. Okay. All pyramid systems developed by Dr. Bell are orgone-plated. Remember that orgone oh, energy? Oh, yeah. Wilhelm mm-hmm. Reich, all of that? Yeah. This plating process has alternating layers of active and passive metals. The utilization of precious metals such as gold has octahedral molecular shapes. Therefore, these pyramids do not have to be physically aligned to magnetic north, which is good because I thought that might have invalidated all of my fruit experiments and pyramid wearing. Have to do it all over again, aligned to magnetic north. Also, how do you align a square to magnetic north? Is it a straight side of it? Is it a point of it? Sometimes you never can tell. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good question. Also, a lot of listeners pointed out, I'd forgotten about this, but... Back when pyramid power was in its heyday, mm-hmm. uh, name, <laughs> namely the 70s, mm-hmm. another thing that you could do with a pyramid was to sharpen razors. Okay. What? So let's say you've got a dull razor. I do. I have one in front of me because you did give me a little sneak peek of this. Okay. Yeah. You put it underneath a pyramid uh, and that will sharpen it. That is an absurd claim that will not come true. But let's try it. <laughs> I have a razor here that I need to replace the head on, and so it's it's pretty dull. This it's- claim gets the official on rack. There's no way it could possibly be true, Seal. And we will check. Just in case. Okay. Try, try anyway. So wait, okay, how do you know this is wanted? I don't know if you can see it, but you know, I've used it enough times that now if I use it, I get prickly red bumps that indicate I'm cutting myself just a little bit. All right. Well, it is now under the pyramid. I'll move the head of the razor closer to the center. And then I guess in an hour I'll shave something. Yeah, we'll be recording for a while. Yeah. We we always do. We always do, baby. All right. You've got time under the pyramid. And as we all know, the effects of this pyramid technology take place immediately. Oh, actually, that's interesting you say that. Why? What? You're right. They do have power over you immediately, and there are immediate effects. And in fact, just the other day, Megan Bell, Fred Bell's daughter, put up a video where she was like, I have something amazing to tell you. I just, I can't believe the experience I just had. I was wearing one of my dad's medallions, and I went outside, and I just felt so emotional. Okay. Yeah. Which emotion? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just all. always think that's weird when people kind of use that as an open-ended, like, oh, I felt emotional. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of emotions. <laughs> Be more specific. Well, anyway, although that can happen right away, somewhere in their literature is buried this little nugget that says, oh, and by the way, you may not feel full effects until you're wearing the pyramid daily 
for seven years. <laughs> seven <laughs> years. Okay, so I just turned 39 recently. <laughs> so if I wore the pyramid every day uh-huh. for seven years. You'd be 46. Then that would be, let's say, seven divided by 46. That would be 15% of my life wearing this pyramid hat before I notice any effects. Yeah, that's right. That's absurd. Also, those will be seven years right around when, no offense, you're not old, but those are seven key years to suddenly start feeling a lot better. Mm. Like your late 30s to mid 40s. Sure. More power to you if it happens. More pyramid power. I've been scrolling through a page on the Pyridine website called Pyramid Science, and I just found another good gem. Mm. So here's- You gonna buy it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're right. Lots of gems on this website. (laughs) Gotta be careful. Okay. So this section says pyramids are very useful. Here are just a few things they do. Okay. Additional things we could test. One, if you put a glass of grapefruit or Mm -hmm. orange juice under the pyramid, it will change the taste from bitter to sweet. I didn't expect the last part of that sentence. Why would my orange or grape juice be bitter? Those are notoriously sweet drinks. Well, grapefruit, if it's not sweetened. Oh, grapefruit. I thought it was grapes. Okay, grapefruit. Okay, okay. Now, orange juice... I mean, I've had sour orange juice, but it's usually gone bad. Right. But I'm guessing if you put the unsweetened versions of these under a pyramid, they will change to sweet. (laughs) Do I have to go buy grapefruit juice now? (laughs) Okay, number two. You can defrost vegetables under a pyramid to bring the taste back. Uh, What kind of vegetables? Frosted vegetables. Frosted vegetables. Like frozen? Yeah, you can defrost vegetables Mm. to bring the taste back. Okay. You can do that in any warm space. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess they're making some comment about the bad taste of frozen vegetables. Ah, okay. Number three, you can tenderize meat under a pyramid by defrosting it while it's inside the pyramid. Or if already defrosted, put the meat under it for 20 minutes before you serve it to tenderize it. Hmm. All right. Won't test that. Number four, if you put milk under a pyramid after one or two weeks, it turns to yogurt or cheese without getting rotten or smelling bad. Oh, I'm so testing this one. (laughs) Um, I may even buy milk for this. Interesting. Uh, A lot of these things seem like things that might happen anyway just from leaving food out. I don't know. I wouldn't trust any milk just like that. No, I wouldn't eat it. This is because the pyramid allows the friendly bacteria to work with the milk while eliminating unfriendly bacteria. Exclamation mark. Pyramids also crystallize honey. Huh. Number five, keep a pyramid over your vitamins or your trace minerals or other Mm. natural herb products to maintain their full potency longer. You can also extend the life of your pyrolite trace minerals by keeping them under it. Oh, and then they've got a picture of one of their little vitamin supplements. Number six, a lot of people water their plants with pyramid water. Put four one-quart bottles of water under Pyridine's 12-inch vitamin overnight. In the mo- Very specific. In the morning, you can water your plants with it. Well, you can you water can your plants anyway. with any water. <laughs> it keeps the mealy bugs. Hey, honey, I got to water the plants, but there's only these one-liter bottles. Off the plant. I like that the mealy bugs are, oh. <laughs> are somehow turned away by pyramid water. You can also <laughs> use a pyramid over a water container or dispenser to help 
alkalize the water mm-hmm. that can save us well, on that, some of these test. alkalizing devices. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Uh, seven, preserve a bouquet of flowers by hanging it upside down inside the pyramid for two weeks. That sounds hard to do. Again, a thing you don't need a pyramid for. I have some <laughs> flowers that preserve themselves in my office right now. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. They're very uh, pretty. Number eight, any liquid you place under the pyridine pyramids will be alkalized. I'm sensing a theme here. Mm. Number nine, pets love sleeping inside the small pyramids because it rebalances their energy. It's not true. Mm. My dog and my cat don't give two shits about this thing. <laughs> Evening sure likes it. Hmm. Number 10, you can recharge your pyridine receptor necklace. Oh, we haven't talked about that yet. And your pyridine holographic projector necklace inside one of the orgone-plated pyramids each night. Overnight. Sure. Yes, you can. Uh, number 11, preserve your fruits and vegetables longer in Pyridine's Pyramids too. We already learned about that mm. one, of course. Never throw away overripe fruit again. Watch the video at never, the bottom of this webpage. Never. Number 12, wearing a Pyridine headgear pyramid can help your body assimilate your vitamins better. Sometimes up to oh. 500% better. Oh. Sometimes up to. <laughs> <laughs> Better. Which Dr. Fred Bell actually tested earlier? Oh my gosh, Dr. Fred Bell, that's the inventor. And number 13, most important of all, Pyridine's orgone-plated pyramids detoxify the blood and the brain, which leads to a clearer mind, greater well-being, and can actually reverse the aging process. Holy shit. Yeah, these sound pretty great. Whoever invented this must be so healthy right now. Yep. Everything's flowing. End of story. Your body really well. No toxins. Great episode. Unfortunately, none of that's true. Wait, what? I know. So Dr. Fred Bell. The founder and creator of Pyridine? <laughs> and discoverer, yeah. He died in 2011. Oh, no. Of what appears to be an enlarged heart. Okay. Though, if you look at their Facebook page and Pyridine.com page, there will be some, you know, speculation about whether this was mysterious. Right. Because even though those dang police officers and such said it was natural causes, he had just gone on Jesse Ventura's radio show the day before. Jesse Ventura, the conspiracy theorist turned politician turned conspiracy theorist? Mm-hmm. Okay. And... He had been talking about CIA projects and other top secret government secrets. Oh, yeah, and like death rays. Yeah, Or control rays. You got it. This technology that was used to guide the planes in 9-11, possibly, question mark. Oh, I didn't know that 9-11 bit, okay. Yeah, but yeah, two days after that interview, Mm -hmm. he died. He died. Now, had he been talking about these things for, oh, 30 years? Sure. Yes, but this happened to be two days later, so... Anyway, it's sad that he died, but it's, uh, yes. it's a clear disproving of some of this. Yeah, it's the classic physician heal thyself. If mm-hmm. he has all these amazing life-extending technologies that use all manner of wild technology, I can't even emulate the language of, of the health claims that he makes because he's just so fast and fluid with his negative ions and rebalancing and decentralization of atomic flow. You know, like yeah. he, he can just create this gobbledygook and we'll have plenty of examples of it. You heard a little bit earlier with that north-facing piece of data to make all of those claims and then to die of an enlarged heart or even a death ray. seems like his holographic projector should have helped him or the pyramids or something. 
And he died in his, I believe, early 60s. Okay. So, you know, not a super young man, but still earlier than we'd expect a person to die. Very hard to make a longevity Younger than the claim. average age for a male at that time. Yeah. And when you make extraordinary claims, we expect you to live extraordinarily long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially if one of them is about longevity. Anyway. Boy, I learned so much about Dr. Fred Bell this week. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear what you found out. He is an interesting character. Yeah, RIP. And I can't wait to tell you about what I learned about him in The Promise, the book that I read. But before we do, I got to tell you, I did finally wear my pyramid hat during a Zoom meeting. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You said you would with a Spanish tutor? I was going to with him, and then we canceled our talk. Oh, no. But... I wore it to a Harvard grad school writing class today. Cool, cool. Yep. And I will show you. (laughs) How did this go? (laughs) Um, Slowly. I didn't really catch the moment totally with the screenshot, but slowly just a very subtle, amused smile went like a wave across the stadium of faces that I'm pretty sure was caused by me, but who knows? You all sign on at the same time. Here's my class. Carrie's uh, turning her computer around and showing me your typical Zoom screenshot. Uh, with, okay, I can see some of these <laughs> interested looks. Yeah. Oh, what's she doing? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. She's fun. I've been on enough Zoom meetings that I can I can see some special focus on on some of these faces. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, now they're all telling their friends that there was this girl. <laughs> on the call today oh my goodness she was wearing a pyramid i didn't say anything but i took a screenshot check it out yeah if you see other screenshots from other sources of me wearing this hat please tell me i'll be so pleased anyway we'll put that up i didn't wear it for long i gotta tell you okay actually what i just kind of conveniently disappeared out of frame for a second and then came back without the pyramid even worse i just turned my camera off for a second because i just didn't want to like grab it and unceremoniously (laughs) take it off like well that's over howdy (laughs) ma'am so that's the move carrie's making right now it's it's kind of like tipping (laughs) tipping her pyramid putting it back what would happen if you made a western and you just replaced (laughs) all the cowboy hats with pyramids and you never explain it oh it seems like that would just be a prestige drama on like TNT right now. I kind of want to do that now. <laughs> so I just turn my camera off. It becomes a picture of Golly. And then suddenly I come back and I don't have a pyramid on my head. And, and then I'm what like, were the expressions like there? Like, what you guys are talking where's about. Where's the pyramid? Probably. By then the professor was talking. So okay, that was pretty safe. So it sounds like there's a lot more to this pyramid scheme. Oh, I see what you're doing. What have you learned? Or should I tell you about my book? Oh, man, it's so hard to decide. You know, tell me about the book. Okay, so The Promise, the true story of space visitors on Earth. I like that they clarified that and how they want to help humankind. Oh, yeah, it'd be very funny for like space visitors from Mars to Pluto. (laughs) Right. We We just heard about it. We assumed Earth was in the mix somehow by Dr. Fred Bell as told to Brad Steiger. Mm. So Brad Steiger will come up a bit here. I wonder if he's alive. And both sides have these uh, nice little oil paintings. Great art on the back there. Yeah, by this uh, fellow with the last name Nichols. There's a little bio about him at the end. He just really got into painting alien scenes. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. All right. So, oh, this is fun. The Pyridine Publishing logo is one of these pyramids. (gasps) 
And it's got me in it. With a medallion on the inside. And you, are you a dolphin or are you this naked lady? Uh, well, I guess it could be both, but I meant the dolphin because in a past life I was a dolphin. Oh, that's right. You were a mammal. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the dolphin is jumping free willy style over this uh, circular nuclear receptor in the middle, which we'll tell you about. And then there is the naked lady diving on the bottom side underneath the dolphin and the receptor. Okay, and interesting. The pyramid. Yes. They have a, a little bio of him, but I think you'll give us plenty of that information later. Oh, I'll be curious to hear, though, how he describes himself there. You want to hear this? Yeah, yeah. Dr. Fred Bell began his career in science with the biofeedback and other experiments in 1952 at the age of nine. <laughs> that was Already one great. sentence. Okay. In his early teens, he received educational grants to work on such subjects as atomic energy and particle physics. His okay. early teens. His late teens found him working with the U.S. Air Force and later aerospace with Dr. Werner von Braun. While studying with Eastern Masters, he became a contactee of the now-famous Pleiadian. Okay, I was going to ask you later. How would you pronounce this name? <laughs> uh... Semyasa. Yeah, I think you're right on the ball. I, I've heard him say Semyasi. Okay. Semyasa, something like that. It's got a J in the middle in, in English. We're not used to that. S-E-M-J-A-S-E. So if you wanted to be like fully uh, straightforward about it, Semjace. Right, right. Semyasi is uh, how most people seem to say it on videos that I've watched. Brad Steiger. Wait a second. They spell his name differently <laughs> from... <laughs> From the cover. Oh, come on. They flipped the I and the E. I assume it's Steiger. I assume they got it right on the cover. God. (laughs) Brad Steiger has written a bestseller documenting some of Dr. Bell's experiences entitled The Fellowship. Also a musician. (laughs) No end to Fred Bell's skills. Fred Bill has composed The Fellowship, The Sound, to share the adventure of a super sensational chakra excitation and a musical journey through space and time. He is currently touring the world, giving lectures and concerts. Yeah, I've, I've listened to some of the music. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, you want to hear a lick? Yeah. So is it it's music that has something to do with UFOs? Yeah, I think the at least implied claim is that he's been kind of inspired Okay, to by the this sounds music. you yeah. hear on a UFO. This is the Muzak on a UFO. Comes right. in over the loudspeaker. So this is from Pleiadian Consort Part 2, Keyboards and Synths with Fred Bell, former NASA scientist.
So, you know, not unpleasant. No, but he did not know how to play the piano. <laughs> he was just going down oh, and sure. then up. Oh, yeah, just making yeah, sounds. Just following his feelings. I got to say, it reminds me a little bit of Vangelis, the composer who did the music for Blade Runner oh, and okay. Chariots of Fire. Mm-hmm. You know, just that kind of moody synthesizer. It transported me to Rhythmia, listening to oh. you have an ayahuasca experience <laughs> while I was completely sober. You know, I, I would listen to this maybe while reading. You know, I yeah. should have listened to that while reading this book. That would have been perfect accompaniment. I like the thought of that being the Muzak on the PA system in a UFO. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, All right. So even in the introduction, uh, Dr. Fred Bell is whipping out the techno babble. So here we go. Okay. I suppose that I was overshadowed by the Pleiadians even before my birth, just as the electrical field of aura directs its magnetic properties to the red blood cells during the fetal formation of the embryo to form human fingerprint. Great analogy. Our uniquely identifying physical characteristic, so it seems the Pleiadians look at the vibratory source of subtle energy fields to know from where comes the soul. What? That has nothing to do with you being overshadowed by the Pleiadians from the beginning. I was actually able to follow that sentence as ridiculous as it was. But he never paid off the initial conceit. No, it was just like... The Pleiadians are able to analyze my DNA. Yeah, yeah. but somehow that's overshadowing him. Yeah, Well, how? I think we'll see that he likes to be the center of attention. Oh, interesting. So maybe he just considers anyone else who does anything cool to be kind of competition. Okay, that's fair. Also, he mentions that he lived a restless life racing cars and motorcycles. So hmm. reminds me of Rael. Yeah. Coincidence. Oh, right. Yeah. Rael, who was also an alien contactee. Also, I will note that Again, on the cover, it said true story. Elsewhere on the website, they refer to this as a nonfiction book. Mm -hmm. And even here, he says the account of the land speed test, which we'll get to, the Air Force encounters, the NASA experiences are all true almost to the exact words. Wow. Just keep that in mind. This is a very reliable book. Okay. (laughs) And the things that happened in it definitely happened. Except for the spelling of the author's name. Oh, my goodness. There are many spelling errors. Oh, no. Yeah, I started circling them after a while. And I think somewhere they suggest that this is like a second. Oh, yeah. Okay. First printing, 91. Second printing, 2004. Third printing, 2006. Whoa. So this is oh, wow. the okay. third printing. They really did, sat on that for a minute. They did not catch <laughs> a lot. Like, just come on, get a proofreader. Oh, yeah. So he even says here, when I began conscious telepathic communication with Semyazi, the beautiful cosmonaut from the Pleiades, I made many errors and received certain information incorrectly. Which tells you gotta me communicate with your girlfriend. he had to change things from the first or second printings. Oh. I, I would assume in this book. Oh, yes. I'm guessing yes. he got some things wrong. Maybe he made some false predictions. Oh, wow. So if anybody yeah. has earlier printings of this, I'd kind of love oh to. Oh, my God. I'm going to look right now. I would love to compare and contrast. Oh, Carrie's on the job. Also, he mentions in this introduction that there are negative aliens, the so-called greys. Sure. Yep. Okay. That's very Whitley Strieber. Yeah. Think back to our. Summer of UFO 2017. Yeah. I'm thinking in particular of the one we did at the Joshua Tree facility. Contact in the desert. Because there were a lot of people talking about the different races of aliens. So this runs parallel to that in many ways. So the focus is on the Pleiadians. Only once in this book does he mention 
the Andromedans. Oh, okay. And elsewhere on the website, he talks about Andromedan technology. But I feel like when he wrote this book, his encounter with the Andromedans was very fresh. So okay. we mostly hear about Pleiadians here. And they are the attractive blonde aliens. Oh, look at that. Though actually come to think of it, Semyazi has a sister who is a gorgeous brunette. So okay. they're not all blonde. <laughs> but all white. Yes, and all extraordinarily mm-hmm. attractive, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Big boobs. And they say that they were just ordinary looking women on their planet. Oh, whoa. So oh, they're, they're so far beyond even, us. Even more gorgeous <laughs> ladies on the wonderful planet, 150 light years away or whatever it is. Okay. Oh, and the remarkable nuclear receptor that you will read about in this book really does exist. Mm. Remember, factual book. Okay, so, so this is great. Uh, Fred Bell opens with him hearing the voice of Semyazi before he's realized exactly who she is. Okay. A soft, feminine, strangely familiar voice spoke in an almost musical tone. Be on guard, my dear one. There is... <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can see why I underlined it. Be on guard, my dear one. There... <laughs> Sorry. That's my bad. Be on guard, my dear one. There is those who would do you harm. <laughs> there, there is those. <laughs> Subject verb agreement is uh, is very difficult in the Pleiades. Okay, so then it really gets me on page eight. This okay. is so good. So he starts telling a story. He hears this voice shortly before he's going to go on stage at an event. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not a good time. He's hearing this voice warning him there's going to be danger. He yeah. needs to be alert. And he happens to be wearing a medallion that he received from his father. He's wearing it around his neck. Well, his father died a long time ago. We'll get to that very soon. That's true. But his mother then gave him later this medallion that came from his father and was meant for him. Oh, but cool. He doesn't know the significance, but he feels like some strange energy coming from it. And he's hearing this voice. Oh, damn. It's like never ending story. Fred looked around them. What was was there to fear at a psychic fair at the Holiday Inn in beautiful downtown Burbank on a sunny California day in 1971. Whoa! Wait a minute. Didn't we go to an Amazing Facts thing at that yep. hotel? Same, oh my God! Same building where we went to almost two dozen... <laughs> Lectures from the Seventh-day Adventists. The, well, then they moved to a church. Right. But yeah, the first eh, like 12, 13 yeah, lectures were at this Holiday Inn in Burbank. In so beautiful downtown Burbank. This could have been in one of the same rooms that we Whoa, were attending in. historical. So let me tell you what happened there. Okay. It was called, in quotes, a cosmetic celebration of creativity. <laughs> you gotta learn to apply makeup. <laughs> Again. Yeah, and this isn't a, you know, language boundary issue. This is a guy who grew up in the United States. Yeah, and has so many other skills and is so good with, you know, nuclear things and all Mm -hmm. that. Cosmetic, I assume they meant cosmic. Sure. Anyway, so yeah, he's getting ready. He's backstage. He's going to go on and talk about his latest discoveries. He mentions they were all there. Astrologers, graphologists, sand readers, numerologists, tarot card interpreters, witches, echists. 
Oh, hell yeah! Our friends, the Ekinkar folks, were there. Silva mind control oh, representatives, yep. healers, ufologists, ceremonial magicians, Indian medicine priests, and a host of other isms and ologies. But I like the little mention of the Ekists. Silva mind control was something that Doug Batchelor got into before he found God. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that might be a fun one to look into if it's still around. Anyways, he's backstage. He's talking to his buddies, Eric and... Kim, and I don't know, probably some others, but he's got these kind of hangers on who are always around him, taking care of him. So he's talking to them and saying, oh, that's so weird. You know, I'm feeling this feeling, but he doesn't want to be too specific about it. Doesn't want to mention the voice because, you know, he doesn't want to sound like he's crazy or anything. And all it said was someone's going to do you harm. Yeah, that's all he really knows. Enough to tell that Eric guy, hey, be on the lookout. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. just, I'm getting a feeling like there's something not quite right here. You know, something's run in Burbank. Hmm, okay. He had barely warmed to his topic, he's on stage now, when he once again heard the voice inside his head, Now, my dear one, the danger is now the attractive blonde in her 50s, <laughs> second row center. Oh! Very specific. Yes. Okay. He took a breath to steady himself, then he directed his attention to the smiling lady. Ma'am, you there in the second row. Oh, I see. The smile disappeared from her face and she began to shift uncomfortably, aware over 300 pairs of eyes were upon her every movement. What is it you wish of me? A soft German accent striking the words of her uneasy response. I was wondering if you had a question. Fred's eyes were seeking out Eric Powell, the guy he'd warned to like, help me out here. Okay. Oh, Uh, she's the one who wants to hurt him? Yes. Oh, I thought he was about to hit on her. Okay. She, She said, I have no question. He says, perhaps you have a problem with my presentation? So he's like called out this woman what? in the audience. She stood up. Awkward. And they're having this awkward thing. The woman was on her feet. My problem is with you, Dr. Bell. The audience expressed its astonishment with a buzz of puzzled <laughs> whispers <laughs> and gas speculations. <laughs> Why do I present a problem to you? Fred wanted to know. Because you are a thief. You have stolen from the ancient ones. You have stolen from them the gift of the star gods. Oh, I wish this had happened, but it did not. <laughs> her right hand dipped into her large purse and pulled out a <laughs> snub-nosed thirty-eight revolver. What? You will pay for your interference. Eric Powell was... What? <laughs> okay, so Eric Powell, he comes over. He chops the revolver from the woman's hand with a karate blow to, oh, hell yeah! <laughs> to her wrist. <laughs> Cinematic, okay. Within moments, two security guards were on either side of her. Yeah, we have security at this hotel conference. I mean, I'm on page 14, and like, (laughs) this book is amazing. It's all true. (laughs) No, no, leave me be, she screamed. You cannot take me before I complete my mission. No, no. Oh, girl, you can't say that kind of stuff. It makes it really (laughs) obvious. And then I just like this odd bit of specificity. Then they managed to pull the woman from the lecture room, and Fred was left alone with 300 386 men and women who were looking to him for some kind of explanation. 386. All right. Earlier, he just said so that's over 300. a lot of witnesses. Yes. <laughs> and so later on, she's apprehended by the police. They question her. So I did call the Holiday Inn and... <laughs> 
played phone tag with a few different people before I got someone. Uh, you, yeah. The first woman said, like, oh, I just started here. This sounds very interesting. <laughs> uh, but she found another lady for me, and she said, I'm going to look into this. I'll, I mean, I don't know if our records really go back that far, but I'll see. I'll let you know. What's your number? So I haven't heard back from her. Oh, man. Okay. And I called the Burbank Police Department, and the, <laughs> the archivist there was very proud of the fact that by California law, they do not keep records older than 10 years. And okay. I, and I kept trying to say, all right, well, then where would one start looking for information about this? And yeah. she just said, no, no, we don't keep records older than 10 years. 1971 was more than 10 years ago. <laughs> all right. Thanks, She knows lady. all the digits. You're very good at your job. So, yeah, I haven't been able to confirm it yet. I need to look at uh, newspapers.com or That's something. That's what I'm about to do. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, if you can find anything about a psychic fair... In 1971. I think if you do a search for the word cosmetic, it should come right up. Uh, Psychic Fair, Burbank, 1971. Yeah, Holiday Inn. But guess what? Hmm. We haven't learned everything about this woman because we do know she has a German accent. Right. This is 1971. So, of course, she must be... A Nazi? That's right. She's a Nazi. I was going to say you did not see that coming, but you did. (laughs) (laughs) Not only was she a Nazi, and they were seeking out this medallion because, you know, they sought the Spear of Destiny and all of these other occultic implements. But yes, they were coming for him to find that particular item that he was wearing. Oh, of course. So I won't read you a bunch of direct quotes. Oh, it's like the ring in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, very much like that. Oh my God, I can't believe I made that comparison. And I'm very proud. Very good comparison. Very good use Thank of you. Lord of the Rings. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. Um, and so then two other blonde Germans show up. Rudolf von Reder and uh, what's the woman's name? I don't know. A man and a woman. They show up and they both threaten as well. They yell German accented threats. Okay. And then get turned away when they don't immediately hand over the nuclear receptor to okay. them. Okay. will be back kind of thing. Yeah. So lots of Nazis are involved now and they're coming after this. And then a professor shows up and he says, I knew your father and I know how he died. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Fred Bell then, of course, wants to know, why didn't you show up sooner? Because my father died in 1939. Oh, right. The Nazis killed him. So that's part of the story. And he says, oh, yes, I've debated this my whole life, whether to seek you out. But I didn't know for sure if the receptor had actually survived and gotten to the family. And if your mother had it or if you had it. Anyways, it turns out that this necklace that he's wearing is very important. And it comes from ancient Egypt. But it's actually Atlantean technology. Oh. Yes. And so they, the Egyptians were just holding on to it for them. Sorry to get caught up on this. Yes. Caught up on this. He said that his dad died in 1939. Yeah, in this book he does. It presents a problem because Fred Bell was born in 1943. That's a problem. <laughs> Uh-oh. Huh. No, that's a good thing to get caught up on. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure they said he died in 39. Ah, yes, the woman's name was Freya. Freya von Reiter. You cannot trifle with the star gods, Freya von Reiter was screaming now. They gave their blessing to the Third Reich. Your father stole from us our birthright. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, this is the kind of uh, exciting language and happenings within this book. Essentially what happened was this was ancient Atlantean technology. It was hidden inside of a pyramid. 
Okay. Um, Fred Bell's father found it, and then the Nazis were hot on his heels back then, then shot him, but somehow he managed to leave it somewhere where it got to his wife. His wife held onto it for years and then gave it to his son, Fred Bell, who had just received it recently, essentially didn't know the import of it whatsoever, except that it came from his father. And then he made the mistake in a promotional photo for this event. He wore the pendant. They had seen this, and that's why all the Nazis were descending upon him. Like, he has it! And then throughout the book, he keeps going back in time. He finds little reasons to do clip shows, you know, where he's like, I was knocked over the head and a purple haze covered my vision and I saw myself as a child, you know, like lots of little flashbacks. He starts realizing that those Nazis had visited him when he was just a child on the playground and asked him leading questions Ah. about any jewelry he might have. He also has little flashbacks where he learns that he's been hearing Semyazi's voice in his head his whole life, Ah. helping him in important moments, much like a guardian angel, saving him from death or giving him wise advice. You know, interesting fact doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about, but just a side note. Yeah. The process of imagination and the process of human memory are very similar. Mm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can invent something, imagine something, and it feels like you're remembering the thing. That's just a just a random thought I wanted there. to yeah wanted yeah. to share with you might be relevant okay well thanks for sharing that mm-hmm. there's a lot of dialogue in this book that is just so not the kind of thing that people say to each other oh, sure one One's of my those books kinds. yeah here's a good example you really dig this stuff don't you Eric asked of course you cynical twerp once we find a conscious connection with the cosmos every facet of human existence can be enriched Bronson answered with his resonant bass. <laughs> God. Little sense of the uh, the dialogue here. Okay, here's a sentence I haven't been able to figure out. They're talking about the Philosopher's Stone because this medallion may be the Philosopher's Stone or using okay. similar technology. The alchemists truly wished to transform themselves into spiritual gold, thus becoming more godlike of forest moss. <laughs> what? What? They- I was still on truly. I was like, why is truly in there? I don't understand that sentence. (laughs) There's nothing about that sentence that makes sense to me. Here we go. The alchemists truly wished to transform themselves into spiritual gold, thus becoming more godlike of forest (laughs) moss. (laughs) (laughs) I more godlike being pranked. Of this feels like moss. I wrote this like <laughs> Is anyone paying attention? Yeah, yeah. What on earth? A forest moss? The alchemists truly wished <laughs> to transform themselves into spiritual gold. Mm-hmm. Already, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they want to transform themselves not into gold, but spiritual gold. Okay, yeah. Must be coming. <laughs> More godlike of a forest moss. <laughs> like even if you had ended at more godlike, I, at least it would it would be followable. Yeah, what's the of forest of moss? Forest moss. And I can't understand what would be the misspelling there, the near phrase they meant to use. Yeah, right, totally. Yeah, I wonder if they did have a proofreader and the proofreader was like I- yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Whole book's fine. Just the the <sighs> overwhelming amount of things to do was too much, and they gave up. Yeah. So yeah, maybe 
So then we also learned that very much Dr. Fred Bell was caught up in the craze of the ancient astronauts theory. Sure. And this was the perfect time for it. This is when you had the visitations that happened to Rael that we talked about. Uh, Another race car driver. And also Eric Von Donneken's Chariots of the the Gods, Gods, question mark, later no question mark, (laughs) came out a few years before all this. Also... I kept thinking, I've seen the name Semyazi before. Why? And it's such a yeah. it's such a unique name and it's not I've never seen it used as someone's given name. Is it a George King thing? Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, because he's kind of related to all this. Almost better yet, Billy Meyer. Oh, right, right, right. Another famous contactee who took tons of UFO photos and is very popular. In fact, that famous I Want to Believe poster, the UFO photo in that is taken by Billy Meyer. And it's something... Are they shown to be hoaxes or... Yes. And in fact, Derek Bartholomus, a friend of ours who was with the IIG for many years, he did a very thorough takedown showing exactly the kinds of materials that were available at the time to create these UFOs and kind of the methods by which they would be put out on a line or thrown out there. Uh, There's this guy who defends Billy Meyer endlessly and he would get in debates with Derek about all of the specifics. But yeah, I would say very conclusively shown to be just photographs taken of pie plates and other little bingles and baubles that were... like the Cottingly fairies kind of story. Yeah, exactly. Very pieced together UFOs. Anyway, so he had a contact named Semyazi. Okay. And I, I was very curious, like, well, which came first? Yeah, Fred who Bell's? did she visit first? Right. And Who's her fave? And Billy Myers's Semyazi also came from the Pleiades. Okay. Also blonde. Could be a common name also there. Also gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, it's a hot name. Yeah. So as far as I can tell, Billy Myers's came first. He, okay. He had the earliest sighted sighting. Okay. I did see on the website, the UFOdigest.com, they had an article about Fred Bell and his passing. Mm-hmm. They mentioned, it is an interesting and most curious coincidence that the name Samyaza, they're spelling it differently there, but they also say the alternate spelling, is identical to the name given by the Pleiadian ET who contacted the renowned Swiss UFO photographer of so-called Pleiadian ships, Billy Meyer, in the 50s to 60s. Whoa. Whoa. So my guess is Fred Bell forgot he borrowed the name from Billy Meyer or just, you or know. Knew. Yeah, and used yeah. the same name. And and then others have pointed out that there is a similarly pronounced name in the Book of Enoch. One of the oh, watchers is Simyaza. So they're saying, oh, maybe that was her. Well, this is one of my favorite types of commentary. How can these two things have similar content? And I'm like, okay, third person, how did you find both things? Uh Oh, in books? Uh Maybe they read the books. (laughs) That's right. Don't rule it out. (laughs) Don't rule it out. Just uh, throw it in the mix is one of the possibilities. So essentially this Dr. Grunewald, he's the guy who's the older professor. He knew the father. He shows up and says, what were you doing putting your picture out there with this receptor? Everyone's going to be trying to attack you now to take it. And he's like, I didn't know it was so special. And Dr. uh, Grunewald? Grunewald, yeah. Grunewald. Grunewald, yeah, a green forest. Moss. Forest moss. <laughs> forest moss. Electric forest. What, yeah, what is that? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to skip a lot of details here. But essentially, Fred Bell then realizes, I need to go to Egypt on my own to track this down. 
nobody come with me. And then, of course, all of his friends are like, we need to be there for you. You can't go without us. He has these very devoted friends. And constantly throughout the book, there are just these, not even humble brag, just like outright self-glorification statements about just how smart Fred Bell's. Oh, he's so intelligent. Mm. Oh, and or his friends are saying it, but he's repeating it in his book. Right. Or it's, Got you know, it. this is by Dr. Fred Bell, as told to Brad Steiger. Sure. Constantly talking about how intelligent and wonderful he is and makes numerous references to Kim, this longtime loyal friend of his, how she's always had a thing for him and it's just mm. not working out, you know, but she's still sticking around, just hoping that maybe someday it'll work oh out. Oh my God, Kim, if you're out there, please get in touch. So we spend a lot of time, we go back and uh, Dr. Grunewald tells the story of what happened to the father and how he got... Alan Bell? That's Fred Bell's dad's name, Alan Bell. Paul Bell. Paul Bell? Yep. What? They're yeah. saying that's his dad's name? Yeah. He's Paul Bell here. What? That's his dad. Even on the Pyridine website, it says his dad is Alan Bell. Dr. Paul Bell. He's the protagonist here, and that's his father. What? Yep. That wasn't even his middle name. Well, this book- I'm skipping ahead here, but his middle name was Frederick. The Sorry, this is the true story, Carrie. I, this is like accurate this is down bizarre. to the word. There's not even a Paul like in any of the vast research I did that I'll tell you about. Sorry, Paul Bell. What on earth? <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, so they go back in time and we see how the Gestapo was chasing him down to the point that Goodness. Reinhard Heydrich himself, chief of the Gestapo, came to Egypt and was tracking down this archaeological dig and confronted Dr. Paul Bell. Whoa. Because he knew that Dr. Bell was on the cusp of finding this ancient technology and oh demanded it for himself. You'd think they'd mention more of this on the website. Yeah, this guy clearly had just recently seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has that vibe. Yeah, it totally does. Had, had that come out? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we learned essentially uh, what happened was, yeah, the Nazis were hot on their tail. They found the medallion and then Dr. Paul Bell, the father, he ran off to like get to the river, get away from them and they shot him, uh, but they couldn't find the medallion. And so that's gone missing. Oh my God, this is epic. Like, truly epic. Yeah, right. And epic. Yeah. Heydrich and the Nazi goons that were with him, they were essentially like uh, Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark, just waiting there to mm. take the hard work of the archaeologists away from them. Got it, yeah. Uh, so, for example, you've got Reinhard Heydrich himself saying to Dr. Paul Bell, the father, You fool, Heydrich managed to insult without excessive rancor, warping his speech. Don't you understand that the world will soon belong to us? Your talk of the star gods. Can you not comprehend that Hitler is himself a godman and he is transforming Nazi Germany into a race of supermen so that we might be prepared to embrace the star gods when they return? No question mark, but one is presumed. So, there. okay, wait a minute. They said all this to Paul Bell. Yes. Who then died. They're like the Bond villains that say all of the things on their mind when they sure. shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, but also, uh -huh. I'm just concerned with transmission here. Are you saying there's multiple problems? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, how did we hear about this? Paul Bell dies. Yes. Dr. Grunewald is nearby. So Dr. Grunewald is now this aging scientist who knew the father and was present for these events. So when Fred Bell got the medallion, he went to Dr. Grunbaum and said, what's the deal? Grunewald found him because he saw <laughs> the picture of him wearing the medallion and said, Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. 
actually does have it. Well, I need to go talk to him. And then he filled Fred Bell in on what had happened when he witnessed this long monologue that he remembered practically word for word. You've got it. Okay, got it. Now it's clear and I believe it. Now, I have a question. It's called The Promise. What is The Promise? (laughs) Oh, funny you should mention that. It's never named. (laughs) (laughs) Really? We don't know what The Promise is. What? I I mean... Three editions? Having read it, I can't point to any single thing that I would say, like, (laughs) did, like, Simyazi make a promise at some point? Not really. Oh, my God. Was the holographic receptor promised to Fred Bell? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the promise is. I also love... And I have read this entire book. (laughs) Also, it reminds me so much of The Book Which Tells the Truth, Raoul's book. (laughs) That's such Um, a great title. (laughs) Yeah, it's called... Because it... I love it. This one is called The Promise, Mm -hmm. The True Story of Space Visitors on Earth and How They Want to Help Humankind. Yeah. And Raoul's is The Book Which Tells the Truth, and then it's something like... Extraterrestrials took me to their planet and told me all their secrets. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Here, I'm going to find it, the exact title. Okay, I was pretty close. It's the book that tells the truth. Beings from outer space took me to their planet, the two messages which they gave me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're very close. That is such a great title. Oh, One of the God. best book titles of all time. Oh, but that was 76. Yeah, so good deal before this, eh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You would love this one chapter. There's a time where he gets knocked out and he's having these flashes back. He remembers a time when his dog <gasps> fought to and save him from a lynx. Oh. And the dog talks to him. <gasps> I knew it. Dogs are aliens. Okay, so here's a little bit of dialogue between Billy and his dog, Mackie, who who just sacrificed himself, essentially, to save Billy from this lynx. Okay. Billy, because when he was a kid, apparently, his name was William. He went as Billy. Okay. He didn't start going by Fred until later in life. Interesting. Well, we'll talk about that more. Billy fell to his knees, cradled Mackie in his arms. Hot tears coursed down his cheeks. Mackie's voice in his head was very weak. Billy, I try not yelp and cry, but it hurt too much. Why did you stay to fight him? Billy sobbed. You were too little to fight him. If Mackie run with Billy, cat bite Billy. Billy not run fast. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe this is how someone would sound if they were dying? I'm not sure. But it's a dog. It's a dying dog. This is how. Oh, right. It's a dog. (laughs) Okay, okay. Mackie talks. Okay. But Mackie love Billy. But you're dying. Not bad thing. Mackie, die happy. But you're leaving me. I can't live without you. Billy, live. Mackie, always be with Billy. Mackie, love. Billy could hardly hear the man talking behind him. That was a good old dog you had there. Really something the way he held that big cat off so you could get away. Really a brave little shit. (laughs) Does it say that? (laughs) What? That really took me out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I hope he said it the way you said it. Really a brave little shit. (laughs) Oh, here we also have Kim saying, we're together all the time. The two of us and that jerk Eric Powell. All the girls ask me what you're like. Half the high school (laughs) girls have a crush on you. Okay. All right. All right. Just a little bit of self-service from... 
Fred Bell. Again, this is one of his other uh, flashbacks to high school. At one point, Fred gets to go on a spaceship with Semyazi, and he sees a uh, sunset on her planet with two suns setting. So that Whoa. that tells me he saw Star Wars. Star Wars, yep. yep. Even I know that. Right. Okay. Oh, this is great. So as we are back in time with Dr. Paul Bell person who did not exist Uh uh-huh in the temple of hathor is the secret of the pleiades and it is prophesied that the one who discovers the secret will have a son and i found the answer someday my son will return to the Mm. temple and complete what i have uncovered he will be assisted by a stranger who is at once his soulmate whoa yeah nice little prophecy maybe that's the promise okay yeah that's the closest thing to a promise in this book So the son is Fred Bell. Yeah. Did he go back? Did he do the thing? So after Fred Bell learns all of this back history, after we have many chapters of us getting this whole backstory about the Nazis and the pyramids and all of that. He decides to go on vacation. He decides, right, I need to get myself to Egypt, stat. Pretty cool place to go. I'll give him that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly how he gets in the hospital. Oh, yeah, there's like a, a bombing attempt on Fred's life as he's getting ready to leave for Egypt by the Germans and he miraculously survives and then he miraculously heals quickly because he has that pendant on. Oh, good. So he has these massive burns on his arm and they just disappear like within a day. Oh my gosh. Some people might call that counter evidence, but it turns out it's evidence. The doctors can't believe it. And then Freya von Raider comes and pretends to be a nurse and tries to inject him and kill him in the hospital. Von Raider, like Raiders of the Lost Ark? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. R-A-E-D-E-R. But I just love this bit of dialogue. Swine, she shouted in chorus with his cry of recognition. I will have the receptor. Your father stole it from the Third Reich and I will reclaim it for the Knights of Atlantis. Turns out the Knights of Atlantis yeah, are, are bad. Are also like the the children of Belial. I don't know. There's some phrase with Belial here, okay. uh, but this is where he learns that the medallion also can emit a green ray of light. It struck his attacker in her midsection and uh, kind of took her out of the fight. Okay. So yeah, you can also use this medallion to ward off enemies. So anyways, he finally gets to Egypt. He finds his way into the pyramid. He ends up kind of finding the same little secret passageway you know the right thing to press very raiders of the lost ark yeah to open up this capsule inside the top of the pyramid and that releases this atlantean technology so he he finds it so then there are two humanoid entities that show up they have impossibly large eyes and they recoil from the brightness of his flashlight beam. So the way he describes them, he says they're a bit less than five feet tall. They have disproportionately large heads and preternaturally oversized eyes. Okay. This may sound familiar. Neither had any discernible nose, but the Fred grays. could see prominent nostrils. Yep, their mouths were slits. And the one that was screaming appeared to have no visible teeth. Yeah, he's describing gray aliens. Okay. So they come, and it turns out that they are Zeta Reticulans. Oh, sure. I've heard That's of them. That's where they're from. And so they try to attack him, but he ends up using that same nuclear receptor to shoot blue beams of light at them. But then the Nazi assassins show up, of course. Here's another great just bit of monologuing from the villain. And your kind will always be trusting and naive, the blonde sneered. You are fit for nothing but to be slaughtered. You have stupidly believed that it is the meek who will inherit the earth. I am not going to ask you again for the receptor, Dr. Bell. Oh, no, I am simply going to kill you and take it from your corpse before I throw it to the crocodiles. When did he work for NASA? There are interludes where he talks about this 
again, he keeps finding excuses to do little clip shows where he goes back in time. Um, okay. And does he talk about working at NASA, like scenes? He, well, he talks about working for the military and okay, uh, yeah. how they Air constantly Force. see UFOs that are flying over and they throw away like, all the data. That? Okay. And then he stands up to them and he like talks down to his superior officer. Mm. You can't fire me. I'm going to leave. And like clearly doesn't know how the military works. The guy's like. <laughs> You're going AWOL. Yeah. And the guy's like, well, we're going to court martial you. And he's like, no, because I'm leaving. You can't do that. I was like, oh, you were never in the military. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Some other interesting things on a plane. He is told by Simyazi to go to the bathroom stall on the plane. And that's how she takes him on a trip oh, in the UFO without anybody knowing. Oh, boy, there's so much sexual tension. He really wants to bang her. Yeah, uh, but, but they it, don't? No. He, She'd really like to fuck him, but he's not into it? No, no. Funny enough, it just wouldn't be right with the connection that they have through multiple lives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's just a little awkward. So she does rebuff him, and that's super awkward. Oh, wow. So he he tries. Yeah, like he tries to kiss her, and she's like, mm, Oh, yes. I'm surprised you put that in there. You yeah. Know, good for him. Though Kim is very jealous of Semyazi, thinking, oh, you're mm. hooking up with this bodacious space babe I can never compare to. Why does he keep talking to Kim? It doesn't seem like he likes her. You know, she's so loyal and always doing things for him. Yeah, I guess that's true. So he she can... probably listens to all his stories. So Fred responds, I know that Semyazi and I have been together for many, many past life experiences. I don't think that sex as we normally understand it would be either right or possible between us in our present incarnations. Right or possible. Um, you have to have some really, really unusual junk for it to not even be possible to have sex with someone. Yeah, it seems like you could get creative if you've got a humanoid yeah. figure. If, if both of you have like two wet spots. Yeah. You got enough. Yeah, or even, you know, like you you may know, quote me. legs and an intersection. Oh, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is this moment where, you know, Kim and I think Bronson is the guy. Brad, Brad Bronson. Like they really want to see Semyazi and he says, oh, well, I've just been told I can pull over here and we'll encounter her. So they all like get out of the car and they go to see Semyazi and he is abducted essentially and he gets to go hang out with Semyazi for a while and then he comes back and he's like, did you see her? Did you see her? Oh. And they're like, well, we think we saw a UFO. So yeah, wow, that's so cool. Oh, wow. This is uh, pretty nice. She remained invisible to Fred, but an intensely pleasurable warmth suffused the entire length and breadth of his physical body. Oh. So there we go. At least he got that, if not sex. Uh, the best way in which Fred could explain the energy exchanged with Semyazi was to compare it to tantric sex, a blending of male and female energies on the mm. spiritual level. Mm. This guy would have loved Avatar. Oh, he yeah. jacked it to those blue ladies so hard. Oh, totally. I bet Rael is a big fan oh, of Avatar. Definitely. And yeah, so he's very sad that his friends couldn't see her, but they're like, oh, only you have been selected. Um, oh yeah, she presents her sister. A panel slid open to reveal a beautiful auburn-haired cosmonaut with large blue eyes. May I present my sister, Playa? Oh, and they wear silver suits. Oh, sure. One <laughs> piece. That's what you do in the future. Yep. Yep. Great. V-neck. Oh, I don't know. V-neck with a stripe. Say. Gotta have a v-neck with a stripe, sir. Uh, another interesting thing, they refer to humans as Terrans. Oh, like from Terra. Yeah, okay. but I find that interesting because in Guardians of the Galaxy, that's how they refer to humans. As, oh, okay. Oh, he's a Terran. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. I like it. Fred also just drops that he set the land speed record in 1957 at the Bonneville Flats. And I was like, oh, well, that would be easy to confirm. 
Nope, he didn't. <laughs> Who said this? Fred Bell. Fred Bell. Oh, that he okay. set the land speed record in 1957, Bonneville Flats. When he was 14. Yep. And uh, I looked up, nope, that year the record was by Sir Sterling Moss, 245.64 miles per hour. Car racing thing? Yeah. Ah. And Fred says that he was somewhere around 395 miles per hour. So yeah, no, not even close to possible or correct. (laughs) Oh, man. Just the the chutzpah. Yeah, I always want to think i mean i do genuinely always start from the place of like this person probably buys it buys their own thing but it gets hard when they're listing things like that where it's like unless you have a real cognition problem you know whether this happened Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so what's going on in your head you just you say these things and you don't think anyone's gonna check on it so he does return he has the medallion and so then semyazi gives him permission or helps him to get enough information to duplicate the receptor Mm. and so he starts making copies of it and i guess they take away the original but he's allowed to make copies of it that maintain some of the abilities so it doesn't doesn't shoot green or blue light god i hope i can buy one but it does prevent aging and create a force field of healing around the body and all of those things so he does it absorb radiation though yeah definitely does that so he he makes a bunch of these and he talks about that and then these knights of atlantis show up again and they're like you must give us this you have stolen it and so he's like here you go and they're like oh you're giving it so easily this Uh, time and he's like like, well here and you have one too and you have one and you have one (laughs) why why give up the jig when you've got these people willing to kill you there but okay so he gives them all these uh medallions he says oh the original one's gone anyway sorry suckers threw that into a volcano (laughs) oh look at you yeah 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 yeah. that was lord of the rings for those not in the know oh we learned that actually sound precedes light and that we have it backward in our earth sciences okay in what sense (laughs) what does that mean to you Hmm. <laughs> there you go. So that those are some of the highlights of this wow. weird little fever dream of Dr. Fred Bell's. Incredible. Yeah. As the, told to Brad Steiger. The promise. The what was promised? Story. Was it delivered? We don't know. <laughs> well, thank you for reading that. You're welcome. Holy that was fun. moly. Incredible and patently fictional. In the true sense of in yes, incredible. I don't cred that. So what do you think? Real? No, no, no. couldn't be. Oh, interesting. And counterfactual in many demonstrable ways. I really want to know if he said his dad died in 1939. Okay, let's see if I can find that exact okay. piece of I'll info. I'll also see maybe Google Books will let me search it. Okay, this is Dr. Grunwald. Mm-hmm. who knew the father, saying, please remember, it was not many years ago that I learned from Dr. Hillman that you or your mother did indeed possess the receptor. As far as I knew, it sank with your father into the Nile in 1939. And four years later, you were born. <laughs> what? That don't make no sense. Unless the mother had her husband's sperm frozen or yeah, something. Yeah, in 1940. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not how that went. None of also, this- by the way, his name is not Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it's like- not his middle name. It's not his nickname. Does it mention him being a descendant of Alexander Graham Bell other than in the bio up front? I don't recall it coming up in the narrative. Okay. And him 
having worked for NASA is just sort of a passing thing. Yeah, it, it spends a lot more time with him working in the military. Right. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't go into any of that in great detail. What here. a fascinating man. Well, I'll go into it in great detail. Yes, good. After we talk about websites. What if you made a website that was about Dr. Fred Bell and all his claims about himself? Well, if I were to undertake such a task, I would want to have a website that would help me build a beautiful website. Mm-hmm. Maybe, okay. maybe with like uh, templates and support mm. and world-class designs that I could pull mm. from. Yeah, That's stuff the ki- that Fred Bell deserves. Exactly. I would want to do it right. I would, yeah, I would probably even try to get the spelling correct. <laughs> it's really noble of you. Yeah. Well, I see you closing your eyes as you picture that. Mm-hmm. I can see that it is mm. your dream. And you mm. know, a dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. And you can make it a reality with Squarespace. Squarespace, I've heard of them. It's a platform for building your own website. It's a website for websites. That's so meta. And uh, you know what I really love about Squarespace now that you mention it and I remember I'm uh, flooding back. Oh, sure. I'm Mm -hmm. caught in a purple haze, much like Fred Bell and memories are coming back to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm remembering that you can go to squarespace.com slash oh no and start building your website Mm. without even paying for anything. Just check first, make sure that you like the experience Mm. and start putting it together. And then you can actually take the plunge. Why buy the cow when you can get a little bit of milk and then say, okay, I do want more milk. I will buy the cow. Right. And most cows don't allow that kind of Mm -hmm. uh, pre-tasting. Yep. You can create a beautiful website to blog or publish content, promote your physical or online business, announce an upcoming event or special project, and more. And this would definitely be in the and more category, (laughs) what we're describing. Squarespace, it does, in fact, give you access to beautiful templates created by world-class designers. I know that was a concern Mm -hmm. of yours. Oh, good. They do have powerful e-commerce functionality. No, no weak e-commerce. They have a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. I'll probably get analysis paralysis just trying to choose one, but I'm glad they're there. Dot horse is there. And they have 24-7 award-winning customer support. That's amazing. I know. Well, if you are looking to build a website and, you know, everybody should have a website for your project, yeah. for your blog, you can check out squarespace.com slash oh no, O-H-N-O, for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code oh no to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I just had a great idea. You make a website for yourself. You put your shopping list on it. You just update it whenever you want. And you always know you can just go to a web browser and see your shopping list. CarrieShoppingList.com? Yeah. Or .horse? Or whoever's. It could be, you know, Lydia's listening to this and she's yeah. like, I, you know what? I could use that. I'm always leaving my list at home. You could learn a lot from Lydia. Mm-hmm. Lydia's list. Anyway, Squarespace. It's good. Sorry, Craig. Speaking of websites, which we do, you know what else we love? We love bras. Exactly. But not any old bras. No. Come on. You want a comfortable bra. You want a cute bra. You want it to be light, but you want it to have support. That's what it's Mm -hmm. there for. Mm -hmm. I really like 
my third love bras, actually. Oh, yeah. You know about this bra company? Oh, absolutely. They create high-quality underwear, sleep, and loungewear, delivering comfort your body loves being in. Now, do they have any pyramid-shaped bras? Mm, good question. I don't think so because they're a little more about... Comfort? Pra- comfort, practicality. Yes. They are very cute, but I feel like a pyramid bra is pretty much just yeah. a novelty. I'm thinking this is actually a notch in their favor. Exactly. So get ready to feel good, folks, if you are going to buy a third love bra. You mentioned that you really enjoy your third love bras. Uh, Same story for my wife, who also has third love bras. They are comfortable. They have those no slip straps. My favorite thing. But I would say my favorite feature is that they don't have those little separate labels, the tags. Yes. It's just the instructions are written on the bra. Yeah. Smart. We don't need this anymore. Smart. Poking into our skin and then everybody has to be like, oh, let me get this for you. Yeah, exactly. No, thank you. And did you know Third Love is introducing their new seamless collection? I didn't know that. Yes. It's called Form, and they're wireless bras and form-fitting underwear with limitless stretch and endless comfort that disappears, (laughs) not literally, under your clothes. Right. It's just you don't see the indicator of the edges of your bra Mm -hmm. under your clothes. Mm -hmm, That is mm -hmm. what is implied there. And there's uh, a lot of stretch, a lot of comfort. I like that it has wireless technology. We like that. And do you need more support? Third Love's number one best-selling 24-7 classic t-shirt bra provides all the comfort and support you need in more than 80 sizes. The fitting room quiz is like a personal shopper, but better. This interactive quiz focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to deliver bras and underwear that are perfect for you. So do you wear bras? Third Love knows you deserve to feel comfortable and confident 24-7. So right now they are offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Damn. So go to thirdlove.com slash ono right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash ono for 20% off today. Pretty good deal. Yeah. You know what's also a good deal? What's that? An item I saw on an old archived record of Puridine.com. Yeah. Okay. This might be my favorite thing that Puridine has sold because they sold spices. They sold balsamic vinegar for some reason. They've sold every kind of doodad. They've sold uh, lotions. I mean, that's been an active website. Yeah. Started in like- That's some powerful e-commerce they're doing. (laughs) They opened it in like the late 90s. Anyway, I was- was going through their old website and found out they used to sell something called the nuke alert. The nuke alert. <laughs> okay, so the nuke alert would go on your keys. It's on a key fob and yep. it's got the little yellow nuclear symbol. Yeah, think of uh, Homer Simpson. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it says personal and compact, keychain attachable. 24-7 radiation monitoring and alarming. So you're laying there, you're asleep. It's like, boo, 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 your TV's on. I'm just imagining it like constantly making that little crackling sound as it's looking for nuclear radiation. Oh, sure, sure. But no, it says that it makes a chirping noise. I tried to download the chirping noise, but it was in oh my some very old file format. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, okay. So wow. anyway, that's my favorite thing from I just assume, I assume the product was made with the thought, most people won't interact with the nuclear materials, so we can just make this inactive keychain 
Oh yeah, this but fob, and radiation it never, is it will never do anything. Is described very widely in the thing. I'm pretty sure like it would go off from just like EMFs. Oh my god, it was $160. Oh, the money they charge for these things. Goodness. That's wild. I wanted to know more about Dr. Fred Bell. Yes. You know, you were reading that book, we were texting about the different stuff we were learning and yeah. some of it seemed to be What a character. Oh yeah, definitely. It was all pretty nutty. And some of it seemed to be like a little in self-contradiction and we were kind of trying to make heads or tails of it. So I went back through some old newspapers. I found from 1990, a very angry letter to the editor writer explaining that Fred Bell has the inside scoop that aliens are going to attack humans with a virus that will wipe out a whole lot of us. Whoa. And this will happen by the end of 1990. Oh. I, it almost started to sound like COVID. And okay. then it was. I feel like somewhere not. in the book there was kind of a, we, we predicted AIDS mm. mention. You know, okay, like, great. Hey, it's already happened, but now we're taking credit right. for a prediction that we made. And then through the entire story of that, we weren't like, hey, that's the one. That's the yeah. one. That's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. So by 1990. All right. Yeah. In 1989, August 1989, the Charlotte Observer noted that he. He was doing a concert there, um, playing Ooh. UFO sounds. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. One thing that I really wanted to know is where is Dr. Bell's doctorate from? What's he yeah. a doctor of? How did he get to be a doctor? Yeah, doctor's a big deal. And like all of these similar figures, there seems to be a certain almost obsession with accolades and prizes and mm -hmm. doctorates. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, okay, where did this come from? And Where did he study? This is always very interesting because most reputable people who use doctor after their name and have a PhD and the PhD ends up being real and from a good institution, it will say what institution on their website. It'll be prominently in their CV. Uh -huh. So when it's just sort of like doctor so-and-so, I'm like, of what? From where? Right. Anyway, um, in this case... It was on the Pyridine website. It's not, it's a little buried, but you you can find it. Okay. That his doctorate is from Bernadine University in Pasadena. Pasadena. Just a couple towns over not from us. Not far away. Which would be all well and good if there were ever a Bernadine University in Pasadena. Oh, no. But I can find literally no record of there ever having been one. Oh, wow. Um, but there was a school by that name. In Texas. Okay. Um, it was denied permission by the state of Texas to operate as a university. Okay. Easy to see how they mistook it for Pasadena. <laughs> and uh, the El Paso Times said any degrees issued under the Bernadine name in Texas are now illegal. Whoa. It was formed by a church called either the Church of Universality or the Church of Universal Teachings Applied. Found both of those. Okay. I thought I had seen that he had like um, from almost like a naturopathic or homeopathic school. Oh, it's the same place. Okay. The same place. Yeah. Okay. So other noted but potentially illegal alumni cool. uh, include Michael Schwartz, who was practicing naturopathy illegally in 1982 and made the paper for being a fake doctor. Okay. Don Hart, a psychic and ESP instructor who said you could do brain surgery with a rusty knife if you're psychically prepared. And he said that he can cure your autism by giving you royal jelly. Great. That's one of his fellow alumni. Ro royal jelly? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Uh, and John Thompson, a man who stood trial in 1985 for posing as a gynecologist in order to give people vaginal and breast exams without wearing gloves. Great. Great. Cool. Yeah. So those are just some of the fine alum. Great list of <laughs> from this alumni. Really incredible school. Wow. Um, okay. So that's his, where he got his doctorate. That's where he got his doctorate. His master's was listed as from this place called the U.S. Armed Forces Institute. Yeah. Which was a very short-lived way for soldiers to get degrees. It was a correspondent school, but probably a fairly good one. It was just like, okay. you're overseas, you know. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. And this was in the late 60s, early 70s. It was only open for like seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I've never heard of that before. I'm not surprised. It was hard to dig up. And I did send the request to like the archivist who still takes care of those records. But you know, those things can be kind of Yeah. Yeah, question mark, question mark. But possibly potentially hint, more um, yeah. legitimate. So he said he earned his master's there in uh chemistry, I believe. But We'll say this. In Fred Bell's death certificate, he happened to die in Minnesota, where they have a fairly lengthy death certificate. Okay. And they collect quite a bit of information from the family. And Megan, his daughter Megan, was the informant who helped fill this out. And she listed his ultimate education as a bachelor's degree. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. As for NASA, to Dr. Fred Bell's sort of defense... There's been a number of times that I've tried to reach NASA to confirm one person or another says they worked at NASA. Uh -huh. I'm sure they get that all the time. I'm sure they do. And so I don't I don't usually expect a response either way. But I did email them. I didn't hear back. So final question for me was, is he related to Alexander Graham Bell? Which he claims multiple times. Yeah. So on the website, it says he's a direct descendant. Oh, weird. Because in the book, it says... That's his great uncle. So it's not a direct descendant. Nope. When I went further back on the website, went back a good five, 10 years, it said great uncle. But then at some point, it got upgraded and he became a direct descendant. Okay. Um, so, oh, I guess it's not the book. I saw that on the website. Okay. Okay. So this struck me as strange because Alexander Graham Bell had four kids and two of them were little boys, but they uh, died as infants. Okay. The other two were girls who took on their husband's names when they married. So, so he could be a descendant, but then it's like, how name. did you happen to get Belle? Yeah, did someone change it back? Which was my theory. Okay, maybe someone changed it back. And I'm like trying to follow this. Yeah. Did a lot of digging through archives and historical records. It appears to me that Fred Bell's dad was Alan Bell, born 1917. <laughs> what about Dr. Paul? <laughs> and he does, he says on his website, it says his dad is Alan Bell. <sighs> I don't, I don't know. Oh, and what? Alan Bell's dad was Donald Bell, born 1885. Okay. Donald's dad was James Bell, born 1855. Okay. Alexander Graham Bell was born only eight years before that, in 1847. Of, oh, it's like you're not even trying. <laughs> so, unless he became a dad at age eight, <laughs> he's not Fred Bell's ancestor. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, thanks for settling that. Yeah, no uh, problem. Okay, no relation. However, this is just an interesting aside. As I happen to be looking up all these names and these couplings, I found that Fred Bell's great-great-great-grandmother was an heiress to a newspaper empire. Okay. Very possible 
Well, or at least wouldn't be shocking if this family were wealthy, because actually ah. it was a what I found was a lawsuit of people arguing over the inheritance stuff. Okay. Because there was so much of it. Wild. Yeah. So anyway, I emailed Pyridine about this. I called Pyridine about this. I sent them Facebook messages. I was like, I want to talk to Megan Bell. I have some yeah. cues. But maybe they'll hear this and they'll say, you know what? Actually, this sounds great. I'm going to come on. And yes. please do. And that's it. That's my Fred wow. Bell story. Fun. Okay. Ding ding. Good times. Well, I guess we should talk about these other products that they still sell on the Pyridine website. Okay. Oh yeah. So we've talked about pyramids, but they sell so many other things. For they sell the most functional jewelry in the world. You might say that. They sell nuclear receptors. So mm-hmm. you can get essentially these replicas of the pendant mm. that Fred Bell himself wore that started this whole mess with the Nazis. Um, it's beautiful. And don't worry, it is patented. And there's different versions that you can get with different gems. And in the book, it kind of suggests that different gems give you different, you know, slightly different powers. Mm-hmm. So there's the Corinthian bronze 24 karat gold plated receptor. That's just 350 bucks. Oh, damn. Yeah. Hardly anything. And then they've got the Corinthian bronze platinum plated receptor, $399. But the sterling silver nuclear receptor can range anywhere from $997 to $5,500. I kind of want to call them and be like, I want the $5,500 one. What do I have to do? Yeah. See what happens. Uh, There's a super receptor. $799. $799. It looks very gold. It's bronze with gold plating. That's weird. I thought the other one was too. There's a super receptor. And that's $849. That's got platinum plating. There's a super receptor with sterling silver. That's $1,497. Solid 18 karat gold receptor. That's from $12,300 to They've absolutely never made one of those. And the platinum one, the solid platinum receptor is from $12,300 to $18,000. Three hundred dollars. And so, Why? what do they do exactly? What's what's the claim on there on the website? Yeah, let's look at this eighteen thousand three hundred dollar one. It balances and rejuvenates the body. Oh, good. Increases energy. Okay. Unblocks hormone and endocrine centers. Enhances hmm. DNA and RNA. Oh, I need my DNA enhanced. Shields from environmental pollution, five G and Wi Fi. Okay, good. Detoxifies cells. Mm-hmm. Harmonizes negative man-made frequencies. Okay. And reduces stress and anxiety. Wow. So the beautiful pyridine nuclear receptor is the original 1975 patented nuclear receptor invented and patented by Dr. Fred Bell, a quantum physicist, rocket scientist, naturopathic doctor, and nutritionist. Dr. Fred Bell was a descendant of Alexander Graham Bell, inventor of the telephone. Thank you for defining that. It is the true original wearable technology for everyone. It's a scalar wave device that works using a proprietary patented process that Mm -hmm. captures and amplifies the power of gemstones, the resonating energy of pyramids, and the life-sustaining pattern of the Fibonacci curve. Interesting, because I'm looking at that patent. Yes. And it says, claim, the ornamental design is for a light display device, as shown. And then 
<laughs> just has picture of light display thing. device yeah so they're just saying like oh. it'll reflect light into the gemstones that's oh. its purpose so they look pretty because they've got uh, these little pyramids focusing light in that center setting yeah uh, oh and this is that fun double receptor uh, yes which is also on the website but also the patent is basically saying all it does is reflect light that's all the patents for okay mm -hmm. Great. It is exactingly calibrated and masterfully handcrafted. Imitation products won't work the same and are just based on guesses about how Pyridine's original receptor works. Wow, people have tried to create replicas? Why? The receptor goes beyond normal color therapy. This website just keeps going. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it, it scrolls forever. The receptor unleashes the stored energies of the gemstone and transmits them via scalar waves... We've talked about scalar before. That's such a non-term for what they're trying to do. Deep into the wearer where these vital, pure, and perfect increments of the life force are transformed into the cells of health and consciousness. And it goes on and on and on. But does it go on $18,000 worth? Um, well, I read the manual and care guide for that item. Oh, good. Because for some reason, yep. when I bought a totally different thing, this was included with my books. And they said this was a $12 value. Uh-huh. Yep. Very they silly. They do sell it separately on this page. Yeah. You can also get an ebook for free of it. But while we're talking about it, this jewelry actually allows the body to function at 100% of its healing capacity. Oh, 100%. Okay. 100%. I wonder what I'm normally at. And uh, Fred was wearing it. When he died? Presumably. Oh, that's a good question. So where's the original one? Uh, the aliens took it back. They took it. Okay, got it. It had served its purpose. Got it. Uh, did you know that hormones are the first units of biochemistry that possess total consciousness? I didn't know that. Hmm. I still don't. Mm. <laughs> okay, there's also the quantum receptors that they sell. Uh, different designs here. They're interesting designs. But is the Christos Cross Receptor design worth $1,999? Probably not. The Negotiator Receptor, is that worth the same amount? $1,999? Same price for the Quantum Heart Receptor? All different designs. Oh, see, that's what he needed. Okay, now this design looks more like the one I remember seeing from the book. That's the Ankh Receptor, $1,999. Interesting. Good of them not to make it 2000 on all these. Save me that buck. Holographic projectors. That's the one that has that kind of dual circle design. Oh, yep, 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 yep. That you were showing me almost like that. Looks like a butt. The old MasterCard logo or a butt. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. good point. Um, yeah, those can go up to $8,900 for sterling silver. Up to $16,500 for the 18K solid gold holographic projector. Up to $18,500 for the solid platinum projector. It's so expensive. Yeah. I mean, it really makes me wonder, though, how many of these they've ever made. And we mentioned the balance bracelets in the last episode. You can also buy golden ratio jewelry. $700 for these rings. But nothing for me beats that key fob that tells you if your TV's on. I wonder why they stopped selling it. Who can say? I mean, also that they were selling meat rubs and vinegar at some point. Random. Like they really, I mean, you know, I got to give it to them for being enterprising. 
Yeah, and they sell advanced ion therapy technologies. Oh, that sounds advanced. Can't walk on beach sand every day for your needed ions? Do it at home and feel the fast increase in energy using these products. Oh, it sounds very Clint Ober. Yeah, totally. Very much related to grounding, but more expensive. The ion shower is $4,900. I've seen Megan Bell standing under one of those. And the Biophoton LS 5.0 trademark research modality machine three thousand seven hundred dollars wow goodness vitamins and superfoods you can buy trace mineral electrolytes for 54 bucks leafy green superfood 49 dollars very quite a place very enterprising yeah exactly well carrie yes uh, with all of these revelations that we've had Mm. uh how would you rate pyridine Mm-hmm. And these pyramids, mm-hmm. they're the focus of our investigation. Oh, do you need to check on oh, this razor? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, please. This thing has been under the pyramid for a good hour and a half. And uh, Carrie's got her razor. Does it look sharper? It does not look sharper, but I'll give it this. When I first looked at it, I was like, man, that's hard to analyze how dull it is. But I could see three little lines. And I thought, okay, I'll look for those three little lines. And you know what? I could only find two of them. Is that good or bad? Good. Oh, okay. It works. All right. Okay, great. Well, at least that one checks out. Science. Totally worth it. All right. What would you give Pyridine and these pyramids on a pseudoscience rating where one is something not very pseudoscientific, Mm. so something very scientific? Oh, okay. Like the theory of evolution by natural selection. Okay. That happened. Checks out. Whereas a 10 is something not scientific, like... The theory that all life was seeded by goat sperm. That's a 10. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Everything taken together. Yeah. It wouldn't be a more shocking claim for him to have also said in there, we're all made of the sperm of a goat. (laughs) That wouldn't be weirder than the rest. Mm, So mm -hmm. 10. Okay. Yep. I'm going with you because boy, does this make claims to scientific knowledge he himself tries to pass himself off as like a nuclear scientist. and mm-hmm. uh, That's obviously the hope of the whole A.G. Bell thing. Right. Yeah. The appeal to being related to Alexander Graham Bell. Right. Yeah. So much technobabble trying to use the language of science. Yeah. I'd say it's the worst form of pseudoscience. So 10. All right. Uh, what would you give this on a danger rating where, where one is something that's not at all dangerous? Like reading a book tonight ah. as you go to sleep. Oh, it sounds fun. And 10 is something quite dangerous like blending a book and drinking it in a protein shake. Oh, don't do that. Yep. Aside from our usual reminders to people not to avoid real medicine and any potential dangers that would come with the cost of these items and other ways you could use the money, I don't think the jewelry or the pyramid themselves are going to do you any harm. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say not very dangerous. I'll give it a two. Yeah, I think I saw a couple things on their website or blog that I was like, are you trying to say don't get the vaccine and it's just not clear? Mm. Um, That's always tough, though, with reading between the lines. Mm -hmm. uh, And I can't hold them to my inference of their writing. So I'll join you, but with that caveat that we could learn more and say two. Okay. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what would you give this then on a pocket drainer value? Mm. Where one is something not very pocket draining, you find a quarter on the ground. Oh, yeah. Cool. That's Someone else's pocket got drained. Yeah. And uh, 10 is something very pocket draining. Like you go to buy a taco mm-hmm. at Taco Bell. 
And okay. they say, today only we have a special promotion. is going to cost you $25. Oh, jeez. For one taco? For a taco. That's supposed to be taco. like $1. That's not a special That's not promotion. A promotion. That's a special demotion. Yeah, I don't like it. This is worse than that. <laughs> I mean, it's more than 20. I mean, like some of these things are like $8,000. It's more than 20 times what they're worth. So these go over 10. 10- over, I guess over ten thousand dollars for some of these. Yeah, it's so expensive, and it really does feel like they're just trying to see what they can get away with, mm-hmm. and like, ah, eh, well, we'll just make it prohibitively costly, and then some people will bite. And if they do, then we'll figure out how to make that one different. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I join your suspicion that you might not even get the real gems mm-hmm. that they're advertising if you were to buy these things and yeah, take we, them we to t- a gemologist. Yeah, we talked about buying one and sending it off for an. Analysis. Uh, not a bad idea, but I also don't want to just have Keep to deal with a million dollars, right? And then have to deal with their return policy. Sure, but yeah, highly skeptical of the quality of materials that they're even using. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, it comes down to the storytelling. And these wild claims, and do you believe them? Are you willing to make that leap to spend, yeah, like $16,000? Yeah, that's just, it, it's like insultingly expensive. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm right up there with you with a 10. What about creepiness value, or one is something that's not at all creepy? You make a faux chicken pot pie for your family. Hmm. And you eat it. Yum. And 10 is something extremely creepy, like you make a faux chicken pot pie, and you call your family in, and Kara comes in. Mm-hmm. But where's Andrew? Yeah. And Where'd slowly, Kara, her eyes just fall to the pie, and her eyes get wider oh, no. in concern. Oh, no. And she says, I think I know. Oh, no. I don't like this yeah, application. Yeah, sadder than creepy, but yeah. here we are. It's horrifying. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> Andrew is Ross's son. Well, the jewelry itself and the, well, goodness, there's also the vitamins and supplements and stuff like that. They, they sell a lot of products. None of that is too inherently creepy. It's all about the storytelling behind it. There's Nazis involved, so oh yeah, that already brings it up at least to a three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The story at the Hilton or <laughs> Holiday Inn, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, there's karate chops and snub nose revolvers. My goodness. I'll give it a courtesy four. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, first, I just want to say, because I carry around a lot of human guilt, that after that, Andrew comes in and he's like, I'm okay. Oh, good. Okay. And then you all eat. <laughs> well, that's not creepy anymore. <laughs> I know, but we had I a bad moment there. Like that. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so I think it's a lot creepier. Because, okay, I think it might be because of the satanic panic and how Mm. people were very afraid of pyramids. Okay. And in fact, that's how like Ray Bucky from the McMartin preschool trial got in so much trouble as they were like, well, of course, this guy's a freak. He he likes pyramids. There's one above his fucking bed. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Forgot about that. So I feel like it's so sad. It's like a disinformation campaign that worked on me subconsciously ah, you yeah, know yeah. because now pyramids do have just like a little bit of creepiness even though they're four triangles leaning on each other <laughs> that's right. it that's the whole deal oh that's interesting definitely in my childhood i was given a uh, i was gonna say healthy but just a fear of ouija boards and mm-hmm. pendulums and s- stuff like that but i think when i heard about pyramids it was always just kind of a oh that's silly that's kooky like, right. it doesn't really do anything, and it's not harmful. It's just 
silly. silly. Yeah. Right. Whereas some of those other things were like maybe ineffective, but definitely evil mm-hmm. and maybe effective and evil. Right. right, uh, right. But that's interesting. OK, so you had a little bit of that lurking in your head. I do. And there's so much purple, which <laughs> I love purple and everything. But sometimes it does in context like this suggest like a cult. Oh, okay. Darkness or okay. whatever. So, yeah, so I don't know. It's hitting that tone for me. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Well, uh, very interesting. And uh, hot drinks? <sighs> no. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird if you opened up the package with the books and the pyramid and there's a steaming hot cup <laughs> It'd be uh, like Ross back to tea. Yeah. Wait a second. All right. Well, that was a fun investigation. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed delving into pyramid power. I didn't know if we'd get to do that. Like, does anyone still do it? Well, yep. Pyridine does. And thank you to that person who sent this in as a suggestion. Yeah. Super fun. I hope they're very happy. That sent us off on a on quite a fun little rabbit trail there. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith. Dalton. This episode was edited by Ross Blotter. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. How else will we buy expensive pyramids? Thank you to everybody who supports us. Also, you can support the podcast by telling a friend, Mm -hmm. uh, giving it a positive review. Mm -hmm. That really helps. Mm -hmm. It helps and it doesn't take too long. It doesn't cost anything. That's a one on the scale. We also have social media. Mm Mm-hmm. Facebook. That's true. You can find it. You can also find us at a couple upcoming presentations. Oh, yeah. One is at the Sacramento Free Thought Day, Day, which you can find at freethoughtday.org. We're going to be part of a really cool lineup there, and uh, we'll be on a panel talking about podcasting. Uh, We'll also be giving a fun talk during the opening reception. Uh, And that's all online. So sign up. You can do it from anywhere. Yeah. And that's going to be on October 9th and 10th. So sign up at freethoughtday.org. And later that same month, on October 23rd and 24th, there's going to be the Skeptical Conference. Spelled skeptical, but it's skeptical. Cal, because okay, it's in California. Berkeley, California. Whoa. Yeah, and I've always felt a, a kinship to this conference because it's near my hometown. I went to the first couple of them, or at least the first one. And uh, so, yeah, again, October 23rd and 24th, also online. So you can go to skepticalcon.com. So S-K-E-P-T-I-C-A-L-C-O-N.com. I will be giving a talk alongside... Elizabeth Loftus. Heard of her. Paul Offit. Heard of him. Britt Marie Hermes. Wow, heard of her too. Yeah, they've all been on the show. <laughs> um, even uh, Susan Gerbic will be running okay. trivia. Wow. Uh, yeah, so a lot of alumni of <laughs> Ono, Ross, and Carrie will be there, including Ross. Uh, and I'm going to be giving a talk that's titled How to Start a Cult. Uh, it's going to be about some of the fun things that people use that appear to be supernatural to kind of create a hook for for their mm, various claims. So, uh, yeah, it should be great. And, of course, related to what we do here on the podcast. So sign and up. Is that one a paid conference? Yes, it is. Tickets are on sale now for the 2021 Skeptical Conference. It's uh, $20 for an online pass. So, you know what? Uh, I'm going to do it. Awesome. Wow. Wow. Excellent. Totally worth it. And by the way, Ross, while we've been talking in the last couple hours here, yes. I got an email from... Megan Bell <gasps> saying, hi, Carrie. Thank you for your email. What's your podcast? Do you have a link? I'd love to do your interview with you. How did you hear about us? 
Oh, yeah. Do you think it'll happen once I give her this link? There's a chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like that. But that would be amazing if she wanted to come on the show. Yeah, cool. All right. Bye. <laughs> and remember. Yeah, my name is Dr. Fred Bell. I've been a scientist, I guess, since I was a kid. I worked for a firm up called EH Research for a long time in Oakland, California. And my job there was to instrumentize over 2,000 projects all over the United States. So I went in about 3,000 different firms, one after the other, and did instrumentation. So I, at that time, I was pretty much abreast of everything that was scientifically going on in America, almost every project. I had 15, 15 years out of secret clearance. So I left that and started my own uh, electronics manufacturing company and sold that and retired for a while and studied with Himalayan and Masters, became a Pleiadian contactee in 1971 and began to educate people, including myself at the time, into this higher technology of science, which we currently use today. As a result of that, I started a company called Pyridine, and we developed several hundred products, uh, which are used worldwide, not only by our firm, but other firms as well. I do a lot of formulations in nutrition, in minerals, bodybuilding, uh, consciousness changing. I've developed work with lasers. We have crystal mines in Arkansas, so we do a lot of crystal mining which we use in conjunction with our laser work, which changes consciousness. The Pleiadians came in 71, and they, the first time they, they spent from 71 to 89 giving us scientific information about the condition of the world and what was going on behind the scenes, a lot of times with our own government that people didn't know about. 1989, it became an Andromedan contactee up until the present, and the Pleiadians have come and gone, primarily to give me support dealing with the Andromedans because they're a different life form. They're all humanoid in appearance, but when you deal with different life forms, the communication, to telepathic especially, these parameters that you had to use as a self-discipline to maintain clarity, change. So I've had, had a difficulty with the Andromedans because of the, what they call holographic communications that they use. It's almost like you're paralyzed when you're communicating with them because they completely control your central nervous system. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on Bullseye, David Byrne on the talking heads, easing back into live performance, and the magic of doo-wop. You don't get it very much, people doing dip 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 whoa, whoa, ma 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 You don't get a lot of that. <laughs> Listen to Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Hey, podcast fan. We'd like to get a better idea of who you are and what you care about. So we have a quick favor to ask. If you have a few minutes to spare, please go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. There, we've got a short anonymous survey that will take about five minutes to fill out. Plus, if you finish it, you'll get a 10% discount on merch at the MaxFun store. MaxFun shows have always relied on support from our members and always will. This survey will help keep the few ads we do run interesting and relevant to you. That's MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. A-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y. All one word. And thanks for your help. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.